The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. Got a special guest tonight. It is the post-game podcast. Carolina goes up to Pittsburgh, wins 75-65. Before we get started, take a chance to support Johnny T-Shirt, JohnnyTShirt.com. And uh, if you're a premium subscriber, they support you too. They give you 10% off their everyday order. Great place to get your Carolina gear. And my guest loves it. Before I introduce my guest again, we got to talk about rating and reviewing us. Five-star ratings, uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and on YouTube. It gets this content straight to your door. Sherelle McMillan is the post-game podcast guest. Everybody knows Rail. And loves rail. Sherelle, I, I saw some Carolina basketball tonight. It's looking much, much better as this season progresses. Definitely. The trajectory of the team has changed a ton uh, over the last few weeks. One thing you talk about what Carolina basketball is, uh, the thing I always look for in the stat sheet uh, is the number of assists and the number of field goals. And the higher, you know, the closer that is to me, the better um, they're playing and the more they're playing like Carolina basketball. Today, they shot 52% from the field. They may have had 32 field goals. And of those 32 field goals, 22 were assisted. Now, that's quite not quite vintage UNC, um, but it's getting there. Um, you know, I, I think we saw a stretch there where maybe they played their best ball of the season, honestly, um, when you consider offensively and defensively. So that was good to see. Um, again, it was an ACC road game. So uh, anytime you can you can get those, uh, especially with how they've not played well on the road in the ACC, it's you're you're happy to have it. Um, you know, obviously there's some things that can be improved just like every game, but I think Royal Williams will take the win and uh, a 10 point win on the road against you know a team that has probably uh, the ACC's best player right now. Um, you'll take it and you'll move on. Without question, Champagne, the best player in ACC that I've seen thus far this year. And they hold him to just nine shots. It's, of course, 23 and 10 is a pretty solid night on nine shots. But, Sherelle, I thought that's where Carolina uh, really did their damage. It was on the defensive end. And they did not allow Pittsburgh to get loose there. And then, of course, traditional Carolina basketball that Roy Williams loves, they pounded it inside. So defense on one end, pounded inside on the other. Uh, like you said, the trajectory is upward. Talk about Armando Baycott. This kid just keeps getting better and better. Yeah, and what I'll say about that, Tommy, we're talking about trajectory and where the team's going. The reason that they're not there yet is because they can't do it for any really sustained amount of time. 
I think in the first half, you know, the ball movement in the first half to me was was among the best of the season. It was swinging around, you know, it was going in, it was going out side to side, and they were getting good angles into the post. You know, everything was good. And, and Armando Bacot definitely benefited from that. Uh, I think during that stretch where they ran the lead up to 16, they were doing it again then. But there were times in between where, you know, it wasn't moving that crisp and maybe they settled for a few jump shots that they shouldn't have taken. So uh, I, I think that's the issue. There, there's a lot of good things that they're doing, but it, it just they have to be able to do them for longer. Uh, but again, you're not going to complain after, um, you know, a, a win like that on the road. And Armando Bacop was a big reason. Uh, 21 and 10, like you said, I mean, that's you, you'll take that from him all the time. I, I think coming into the season, people really, really uh, were, I think, lower on him than expected just because freshmen are new and Armando Baycott wasn't new and he was on, you know, frankly, one of the worst teams in Carolina history. And people were just looking for something different, not realizing, uh, like you guys talked about on, on the beat uh, earlier this week, you know, he was injured most of the last season. And this year he's just really uh, got into better shape. He runs the floor. Everything he does now is more confident it's quicker, you know, it's snappier, it's, it's uh, more aggressive, everything he does. And, and you're starting to see why I think he should start being considered for some of these uh, postseason awards as, as the season goes on. You know, when you talk about first and second team all ACC, I think he has to start being mentioned in, in that consideration. I mean, eight for 10 from the field, 21 points, 10 rebounds, a couple, of, uh, excuse me, three blocks. I mean, that's, that's big time numbers right there. Yeah, it's interesting. He he had good numbers last year, but like we talked about, and like you mentioned, he was just never healthy. And you're seeing a completely different guy. This is one reason why I hate the plus minus, and we talk about it a fair amount. He's minus one on the game. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I mean, anybody could watch that and see that yeah. they thought was – it's a tool, you know, it's one tool that you use to come up with your conclusion. I, I think when we use it as the only tool is when it's a problem, but it, it you know, it can be instructive, but only when it's used comprehensively with, with everything else. Absolutely. He is the only, no, Caleb Love minus one as well. He, they're the only two Carolina players that were negative. Let's talk about uh, Love and RJ Davis a little bit, because I thought they, manage the game a little better now love still does some things you can't have and we said that he'd have another three for ten one for five shooting performance um even after he had played well the last couple games and he did that but i did not feel like watching him in stretches that his lack of shooting was affecting him five assist one turnover as opposed to what five and five last game he's just getting a little better in increments but it's certainly helping the team I think you said it perfectly. They managed the game. This was, you know, after the game against NC State, it was like, oh, the the bigs, or excuse me, after the game, uh, I'm, now I'm forgetting what I'm talking about. The game before uh, NC State, um, it was all about the guards. <clears throat> and then when it got back to NC State, the bigs, you know, kind of did their thing again. And I think it was uh, incumbent on the guards to realize what the strength of the team is. Because sometimes it's easy to forget when you're out there doing your thing. I think they did a good job this time, this game, of making sure there was always paint touches, of making sure they were getting the ball inside. You know, there's maybe one or two shots between, maybe two or three shots between Davis and Love that you could quibble with. But I think for the most part, they took open shots. They took shots, you know, if the shot clock was running down. But other than that, they were getting the ball inside and making sure that UNC's strength, particularly over this pit team, you know, they were taking advantage of it. So I, I'm, I was really uh, encouraged by that because it's, 
it's something you have to learn. We, we talked about this over and over again, kind of when to pick your spots, when to score, uh, when to, to get it inside. And, and when you see Armando Bacot playing the way he was and Garrison Brooks playing the way he was, you kind of have to just get out of the way and make sure those guys get the ball inside. And, and that's what happened for the most part. Uh, I think it was eight assists and three turnovers between the two of them. And with the way that things gone have gone this year, that's, you know, that's a great performance. Yeah, I think it was 10 and nine or – or nine and eight last last game or whatever, but yeah, they're getting better. You talk about shots they take that you might could quibble with. Um, I know it was the final; it slammed the door on Pittsburgh. But the last three, Caleb Love took good shot, bad shot. I mean, it went in, so it's a good shot. That's just my easy answer. No, I mean, you know, uh, you. I guess in in a perfect world, you want your player to realize time and score, and just you know, just you're 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 winning and you're wide open and there's nobody near you so you can just dribble it out and take some more time and also at the same time you want guys who you know have have the the uh, urgency to take that shot you want guys who have the guts to do it and if you're going to take it like Williams always says if you're going to have the courage to take it you know have the strength to step up and make it and he did um so all that to say I'm fine with the shot uh just because he was so open even though he's you know hasn't been the, the best three-point shooter this year I'm fine with it yeah, it was a good time to make his only three. And and you're right. I mean, have the courage to take it, have the stones to make it. And, and he did it, and it certainly helped Carolina. And that's – I mean, that's something he just – that's something you don't have to worry about with him. Like, he is not going to be scared of the moment or scared of a shot. Um, so, I think that's a positive. When you start talking about how well – you know, how much better he's playing than he was, uh, it doesn't seem like – he might have li- lost some confidence – but it doesn't seem like he ever lost all of his confidence because he's still out there shooting. He's still out there, you know, attacking and, and trying to help the team the best way he can. Yep, and I like seeing – I mean, Love had 10 shots, but I like seeing Brooks and Baycott leading the team in scoring, especially when they're doing – or leading the team in shots, especially when they're doing what they're able to do inside. Um, why do you think that's changed over the last, what, three, four games? It's really changed that – the. I mean, Roy Williams always insists go inside first, but it hadn't happened like like we've seen and we've talked about. But it really has these last few games. Why do you think that's changed? I think it's a combination of things. I think it's the freshman guards growing up and understanding uh, what, you know, the team needs and, and what Roy Williams wants out of them. But I also think it's the Kerwin Walton effect in that, you know, when you have a guy who is hitting open jump shots or, you know, taking one sidestep dribble and, and hitting a jump shot, you know, you have to come out at them. You can't sag off off of, uh, you know, the player who was there before. You know, sometimes that was Love before. Sometimes it was Davis. Sometimes it was Leaky. Sometimes it's Playtech. But if you sag off of Kerwin uh, Walton, leave him open, then more than likely he's going to hit a three. And so because of that, <clears throat> that's opened up space for the bigs. And I think, uh, you know, when you have that kind of space, those guys can go to work. We saw some tremendous moves some tremendous footwork from all four of the big, or excuse me, all three of the bigs in this game. Brooks had a couple really nice moves. Dayron Sharp had a great up and under, and so did Armando Baycott. I mean, his, his footwork is, is, I don't want to call it impeccable, but it is really good at times. Um, so, you know, when you give them room to operate, you can see they can score over their uh, right shoulder, over their left shoulder, with their right hand, with their left hand. All, all three of the bigs who play major minutes, I think, uh, you know, finished with their right or left several times and over each shoulder a couple of times. Uh, so that's the kind of thing I'm looking at is the, the Walton effect. The guards are getting much, much better. And then the bigs finally have room to operate and, and kind of do their thing. Yeah, and, and the bigs are getting more comfortable. And and Sharp, 
man, he made a good move, spun baseline, and just kind of bunnied it yeah. and missed it there. <laughs> I mean, that – but that happened right after Baycott just did the same move and made a nice little shot, and then Sharp sort of rushed his. But, yeah, you're right. The footwork has been great from these guys. Give me a, a quibble. Um, Carolina's, of course, played really well. They're getting better. Trajectory's up, all that stuff. Give me a pause maybe um, that you see going on. Uh, I think there's still defensive lapses and um, not just when, you know, Pitt made the run towards the end of the game. I think they cut it to seven at one point, maybe six. Um, But in the, in the beginning of the second half, you know, I think it was five straight dunks or five straight layups on possessions. And that isn't anything that schematically changed. That's just Carolina not, you know, not thinking (laughs) properly on those particular possessions. So, you know, I think you just have to minimize those lapses. There's going to be some, obviously. You can't play a perfect game every single game. But, you know, maybe you were at 15 lapses per game back against State, you know, in Raleigh. And then maybe you were at seven lapses a game against Notre Dame. And tonight you were at five. So the hope is that, you know, maybe a month from now you'll be at two or three you know, kind of that gradual improvement. So I think that can improve. I think, uh, you know, shot selection, I'm, like I said, I'm generally okay with the shots they took tonight. Um, I would like to see Armando Baycott and and Brooks when they're going like they're going to get more than 10 and 11 shots. It, it, it seemed like more, but, you know, maybe take a few from each person else on the team, a couple of those threes um, and, and get them to the bigs because, you know, you heard Corey Alexander say it on the broadcast uh, when they were taking less threes the last couple of games, you know, they were up over 79, 80 points. And then that first half they took 10 threes and I think they only scored in, you know, in the thirties. So uh, obviously the strength is to get it inside and they just have to make sure that there's paint touches on every possession. Yep, yeah, And when you've got those guys, you got to have it inside. Last question for you, Sherell Minutes. Uh, Harris, only seven. Playtech, only nine. Kessler played one. I thought Kessler was pretty effective in his. But, uh, I mean, I don't know how else Roy Williams can really split it up to get Anthony Harris more minutes. A lot of people think he needs more minutes, but where would they come from? Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily know that he needs a ton more. I mean, he's at seven. Maybe you can get him to ten on a good day. But considering everything that's happened to him, I, I think that's probably good enough. Um, you want Walton in there for the shooting. And I think uh, Love does bring a lot of things, um, you know, uh, offensively, defensively when he's hitting shots. So, um, yeah, I, I think this it's I think this is a, about what it's going to look like the rest of the season, barring foul trouble or, or injuries or anything. And maybe, you know, depending upon what night it is, Harrison play tech, go back and forth. Um, and, you know, if they are combining for 17 minutes a night, maybe, one is 10 one night and one is seven the next night or one is 12 and one is five. Um, but besides that, I, I think, you know, the, the rotation seems to be kind of setting in place. Yep. 75, 65 Carolina wins at Pittsburgh. That's Sherelle McMillan. I'm Tommy Ashley. Johnny T-shirt is our sponsor. And of course, don't forget to rate and review and subscribe and all that. Carolina assume they're off this weekend. Sherelle, what you got? Last question. Last thought. I, I was going to say, yeah, assume they're off. And I, I want to, uh, talk about leaky for a second um because i think i joked to ben i said uh ben sherman uh ic's editor-in-chief i said we're kind of getting the full leaky black experience this game and what i meant by that was there were a couple times you know when i was talking about the defensive slippage where his man just you know got behind him and beat him for a layup or beat him for a dunk 
But then he did some things that I don't know that I've seen him do in his entire Carolina career. Uh, there were a couple of times in the second half where he pushed tempo faster than I've seen him. Um, so that was uh, an interesting development, you know, fighting for that offensive rebound off of the, uh, I believe it was Caleb Love free throw miss and getting easy layup. That was something that he hasn't really done. Uh, the steal and transition for the dunk. I think maybe I've seen him do that once or twice. Um, so you have to, you add all that together and you're kind of like, man, you, you see it. It's so, it's like, he's so close to being, you know, that, that guy that everybody thinks he can be or thinks he still will become. And it's just a little thing here or there that's keeping him from it. But 5.6 rebounds, three steals, two assists, one turnover in 31 minutes, you know, again, they'll, they'll take that. Uh, but I, I think you just get a little bit better defensively and uh, you know, I, I, he can do a lot and really, really help this team kind of go from, where they were to where they want to be. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And we talk about him a lot when he does poorly and he's done, he's played well the last few games. So I'm glad you stuck that in. And yeah, if, if, if he gives five to eight, five to eight, five to eight every night, um, then he's done his job. But I, I hear you on the defense. That's probably the most frustrating thing for watching this team is sometimes there's some standing and watching. And Dewey's talked about that with you in post games, just about how, you know, you're a junior, like you're just standing and watching. How do you not know when to switch and that kind of thing? So it, it's ongoing, but I, I do think it's getting better, um, but you just have to do it more consistently. Yeah. Consistently and, and getting better. Carolina, Beats Pittsburgh, Sherelle McMillan, the great, always. Don't forget to check out his scoops and all his recruiting information on InsideCarolina.com. To get it, you got to be a premium subscriber, so subscribe and get in on that bandwagon because it is certainly – it gets more full by the day. Sherelle, it's always fun. <laughs> I appreciate it, Tommy. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.